Welcome to Cloudlandia. Mr. Sullivan. Mr. Jackson. Welcome to Cloudlandia. I had a thought. You finish your message. Uh, and I'll, I'll ask you which, which outpost of the mainland are you connecting? We're at our cottage, which uh, seems about 10 times more enjoyable after a week at Blue Mountain. <laughs> I'd love to hear about that, too. That left when you referred to it as the Truman Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the Truman Show with hills. It's got a, it's got a hill, you know. Terrians really have to stretch their imagination to consider that a mountain, you know. But, uh, you know, you take, <laughs> you, take, you take what you can get oh, and everything else. Love but it. it's... Uh, you know, it's like it's a an entertainment center that's suffering from PTSD. You can really tell. And this is the almost the first time since the COVID lockdown that I've been I've been someplace that is kind of like out in you know out in the country, and it's a resort. And there's just so we feeling. refer to that Dan sometimes as among the, the GP. Among the general yeah. public, yeah, 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 and yeah. it's just you just get a sense of disconnect and disassociation, mm-hmm. and and the province here has turned every server personnel, everybody who's a waiter or um, anybody, they've turned them into a government official now that checks on your vaccinations. Oh my and, goodness, your and, papers! We must see your papers. Yes, no schnitzel yes. without your papers. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know, and you go into a restaurant and they don't have actually they don't have menus anymore. It's a little barcode, and you have to do the barcode on your cell phone. You know, <clears throat> yes. and one of the joys is of a menu is that you get an overview. You know, yeah. you, get, you can op- open the menu and your eyes can take in everything. Well, your eyes only see and your ears only hear, Dan, what your <laughs> belly is looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's odd times. You know, it must have been during, you know, kind of like the rationing period in Great Britain mm-hmm. yeah, during the Second World War. There's a great series called Foil's War. I don't know if you've ever seen it mentioned or... Ever too, but yeah. It, yeah, it's a terrific series. It's about six seasons long, you know, with eight, six types, eight, so probably 48 episodes. And yes. it's about a homicide detective in a Hastings, which is a one of the channel cities. Very famous because that's where 1066, when the Normans invaded England, it was the Battle of Hastings. So it's right, you know, it's a, a channel city up near Dover, kind of in the, where you can see the cliffs, the white cliffs, mm-hmm. and everything. And so it's an interesting series because there's a homicide that's involved in every one of the <clears throat> episodes. And that, and so there's the big war, there's the war, the Second World War, that is clamping things down. And then there's a war that the homicide detective has that when he tries to investigate a murder case, it's always connected with someone in the upper, you know, someone in the establishment or someone in the, you know, in the government rankings. And therefore he can't, 
be, he is denied information that would allow him to actually solve the murder. So it's it's a nice it's a, a nice little thing. He's got the double war, and so <clears throat> but the rationing thing and people cheating their rationing <clears throat> requirements that is a big it's a big item. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, worth worth a look. A fabulous actor who I'd never come across, but Michael K- Kitchen, as in, as in a room in your house, the kitchen. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I had seen him before, but only in a secondary role, and I had to look up in, you know, on the internet what's he been in, and looks like he's, you know, he's in his sixties, and he's been employed on a continual basis in something for 40 years you know wow but one of those guys who's been in your living room all this time yeah been in the movies and everything for yeah you recognized him amazingly good in this in this series and i looked him up and he is probably in my experience the most publicity and celebrity averse actor I've ever seen. They have on record only two minutes of a video interview with him. Oh, wow. He literally says nothing for two minutes. And that's the only thing that uh, I could find in the archives. Uh, of wow. him. There's no articles on him. There's no. And uh, <clears throat> they, the, the reporter asked, you know, he says, why are you so little known? And I'm known to the people who hire me. Yes. Yeah, that's and that's you know the interesting thing. There's a whole and I admire that. I I admire that. I've got a great liking for that mindset in a day where, you know, the frenzy is on the opposite. You know, to be, you know, well known for anything. You know, to now part of the thing is in the collaboration world. It's really all that matters is that you're, <clears throat> and and often the better thing. I mean, I, I can't say it enough that the difference between, you know, our profit activator, one of being selecting a single target market versus trying to position yourself to be selected. People, they Mm -hmm. they don't see that as a distinction, but it's a huge distinction. Mm -hmm. When you get to, you only need to be famous to the handful of people that are your pre-selected, you know, ideal audience. Collaborators. Yeah. 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 And you think about it, if you look at those things, there's some, there's some great, there's some situations where if you just recognized where, you know, who, who would be a perfect fit, you know, for your, we're starting to really see it play out publicly now. Like when you look at the top levels of the things, all the VCR formula examples I've been sharing are all clearly obvious when you see them in retrospect and you know that the celebrity of who's involved with them, mm-hmm. but there's so many, now we're starting to see them, you know, creeping into corporate levels like the uh, Toys R Us and Mace mm-hmm. situation, which is, makes total sense. But there's well, also other layers. Had, who did you have? You had what? Bricks and mortars chain that Walmart, uh, not Walmart, but Amazon used for its return. Yeah, Kohl's, mm-hmm. K O A. Kohl's, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, Coles, and that that mm-hmm. seems to me to be another collaboration. Yeah, you know, the Coles problem is they can't get traffic to their stores. <clears throat> Amazon's problem is it's just a bother taking returns. Yeah, but if they don't take, they get bad marks. And, yeah, um, and so by Coles just getting automatic, you know, <clears throat> just the moment you walk into a Coles to return a Walmart product, uh, a Walmart, <clears throat> a, a, a Amazon product, they give you yeah. a $10 certificate for anything. Yeah. So you go, you walk around Coles where you exactly. never would have a, you never have a reason before. And I, I'm sure when you walk into a Macy's, there's all sorts of Macy's yeah. <clears throat> specials. If you buy you know, three hundred dollars with worth of you know Macy's Toys. products. You <laughs> you get you get a gift certificate for Toys R Us and vice versa. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they can drive each other from floor to floor. They can actually, you know, they can actually do it. You know, and and that's it. The the thing is that you know, uh, put simply, it's. It's who, not how, just from each person's point of view, you know, and this is the who that can do the how that we're not really good at. Yes. I'm still looking at a phrase that came up in my journaling in the last uh, couple of weeks here is what I've been thinking about the, the VCR formula and our looking and inventorying our assets. Right, our vision assets, our capability assets, our reach assets, what we have, sort of thing, and our opportunities, like what we, what if we could, you know, our great desire, kind of thing, you know, and thinking about it as a framework for an open source sort of collaboration engagement, you know, like imagine. Mm-hmm. If a LinkedIn profile had VCR components that this is what you've got sort of thing, if we had a standardized vocabulary for Mm -hmm. free zone, I'm speaking of advancing your goal of the the, the many trillion dollar free zone, the $15 trillion free zone, that imagine Mm -hmm. if we had a internal context for mm-hmm. overlaying that were components, almost like when you go to China, all these electronic components in that marketplace are available. You go to one place kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But imagine if you come into the free zone and you can see all of the available assets, excess capacity assets mm-hmm. that are yours for the collaboration. I mean, that are available to somebody has their big need, if they need reach and you see that you could go in and provide something for them, it's almost like we've got great opportunities to solve the one piece of the equation for somebody. There's no, you know, this, I'll use micro, not in the scope or the miniature size of it, but the, component element of it that could this micro collaboration that this you can solve this piece of the total mm-hmm. algorithm for somebody you know 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not familiar with LinkedIn. I've never used it, and uh, you know, but I mean, we use it in the company. I mean, I do have a LinkedIn page. You know, that's send out yeah. continuous, uh, continuously, as is the case with you know with Facebook and Twitter and everything else. So I've got individuals in the company who are interacting with <clears throat> the worldwide marketplace with as if it's me, but mm-hmm. I'm innocent of any involvement. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, but with LinkedIn, how can you differentiate? I mean, what goes on your actual page? Uh, say somebody clicks in, what are the, what, what's the content that they see about me when they link on me? I don't really use LinkedIn either, Dan, but it's, um, uh, well, you, you've got a profile. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I have a you know profile about you, like contact information and what your position kind of thing. Your and you've got connections, and then otherwise it feels like a Facebook type of thing where you can post things. You can you know post things on your wall. So you post content. You can post uh, articles, which I know that's what you do, and videos, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what I do although I don't do it just like you don't do it, but we do it. (laughs) And yeah. And you you have connections or whatever, not, it's not quite like friends, but it's links or connections, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is that if there was, you know, we have, I think we have a, we have sort of a Facebook for, Free zone members. I think there's a, a free zone Facebook. Connect or uh-huh, something like that. Yeah, connect like that. <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, if you could just list your VCR components there, you know, or one that I thought would go along with that, your uncertainties. Mm-hmm. Yes. Certainties. And I'm thinking about how do you articulate these things, right? And I think... It's in the terms of there's the what's or what we're looking for. There, there's right? a possibility. But, I mean, uh, what triggers it is a possibility. Yeah. Uh, which you're excited about, which you're very yeah. excited about. And you have a certain number of things that are already in place that you're certain about, which support that this possibility is possible. <laughs> and mm-hmm. But there are, there are uncertainties that prevent you um, from, you know, from achieving the actual possibility. And the whole point is that in a group, for example, we found that we've just got this dynamite intro presentation now. So I had one two weeks ago, the two weeks ago on Tuesday, two weeks ago on Tuesday. And what I do is, you know, I just come on as if it's a, you know, if it's as if it's a standard workshop, <clears throat> but it's with people, with people who are completely new. I mean, yeah. new in the sense that they're not even in the program yet. They're they're just getting right. But they have had contact with our company, and each of them has gone through a DOS conversation with one of our salespeople. Okay, mm-hmm. and they've been qualified as far as income wise goes, and mm-hmm. they're actually entrepreneurs and everything else. So I had 125 of them 
And so I said, what we're going to do here is we're just going to give you two hours and it's going to be exactly like what you would experience in a strategic coach workshop. And, and so in a strategic coach workshop, you work on what's important to you, but we have thinking processes. And I'm going to give you a thinking process in the first hour and another one in the second hour. So I start them off with a certainty, uncertainty. And I, first of all, they just brainstorm for 90 seconds, 2022 possibilities. In other words, these would be <clears throat> breakthrough possibilities for them in the next calendar year and personal or business. And they just go check. They get 90 seconds just to create a list. And then I, and then I say, well, I'm going to show you what I did with one. And I use the who, not how converting the whole program over so that every existing and future tool in strategic coach, the doorway into it is who, not how, and the connector between the connector between all of our thinking tools is who, not how. So it's a who, not how thinking tool universe. That's the possibility. And so I did this in February when I created the tool. And and then I said, this I'm certain of. By that time, we had 100,000 book sales. And, you know, and everybody kind of gets the point. It's one of those real fast, you know, fast get it type of thinking tools. Yeah. Everything. And, you know, and there's a lot of people who are coming into the program because they've heard that you can learn how to do this at Coach Nery. So those things are all certain. But then we've got 32 years worth of intellectual property. And I said, you know, it's just a massive, it's just a kind of a massive project. And I don't know, you know, I, I really, really don't know how to organize this. I, I don't have the management skills and everything like that. So I, I listed all these uncertainties. But in the course of just showing it in the workshops, the team members in Strategic Coach were all getting the point that Dan would really like to do this. So without me doing anything except putting the sheet out and running it through, I'm just trying to think here, probably 13 workshops. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. 13 workshops. Already 25 existing tools have already been modified, okay, by Kathy Davis and her team. And right. I've done about 25 new tools. And I've done, so we've already got 50 tools that have been transformed into this. And my feeling is that in about a year, it would be a done deal. And all I had to do was put the sheet out, and I'm just uncertain about these points. And everybody kicked in, the, our IP legal person, make sure that before a new tool goes in, it has to have a who, not how addition for a copyright, you know. Or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and everything. And so within about a three-year period for me putting out that sheet, it will be a done deal. Everything historically and everything created over a three-year period will now have been connected by who now Yeah. And what I'm finding more and more, and I've used it about 25 times on different projects over the last uh, nine months, that if you put things out as uncertainties, people really want to help. People, you know, well, it's uh, say, an invitation, you know, I, isn't I, it? I, yeah, I say, you know, I'm not the solution to this, but I, I know people who would be the solution. Can I connect yeah. them with you? 
But yeah. if you just say you put out a project and uh, say, well, I'm totally certain about this, everything, you know, we don't, I'm totally certain about this. Nobody helps, you know, because right. no help is needed. You're saying no yeah. help is needed. People get the cue, you know, they get the cue. No help is needed. Nobody helps people who are certain, but everybody wants to help people who are uncertain. And people don't often, un- people don't often share their uncertainty. Yeah. It denotes a weakness. You know, I think yeah. part of it is it means that you're not confident. I, I don't think it means you're not confident. No. Uh, as a matter of fact, it, it may indicate that you're more confident. You're right. confident enough. You're confident enough to say, hey, I don't have this handled. Here's what I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I don't know, which in a changing, innovative world seems to me to be half of everything. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But, you know, that would be a thing that somebody might tend to. They just not even talk about that part or gloss over it because they don't know it. Yeah. So they might not even be aware. They, They might not even bring that. They may be the only one who they're suffering in their uncertainty, you know? And I think that's a, that's a big thing, suffering in their uncertainty because they're not, they're afraid to put that out there. We only know what's in our cupboards and in our garage. Yeah. We don't know what's in the neighbor's cupboards and <laughs> the, their, right. their garages, you know, and multiply yeah. that by a, a thousand neighbors and yeah. you start to understand that almost everything that you could possibly want that you don't have is probably out there. And the only thing lacking is awareness. There's yeah. there's no communication or awareness. So I think that the, the world is going more and more in this direction. And the reason why it doesn't take more is that we're not educated from the very beginning that expressing what you're not certain about is actually <clears throat> a tremendous capability. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where, this is why I think my mind has been going to how could we create a, a marketplace for it in a way, right? That that the free zone becomes Mm -hmm. a, you know, there's an exchange of our intersection or a way to put up these uncertainties that you can shop from or look from capabilities that you don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can have the capabilities as your own. Yeah, well, I think that there's some sort of out there in the uh, <clears throat> Cloudlandia world. Somebody's already created the tool, you know, that... Uh, I wonder. Mm-hmm. An, an interactive network tool. It's an interactive mm-hmm. network tool uh, for a specific network of people uh, who are working. And you can format anything on it. And, you know... One thing I I would just take the existing certainty uncertainty tool and format it and you know and people could look at other people's projects you know as mm-hmm. part of being as part of being on the you know in the I free zone. One, just, yeah, I think that would. Yeah, be I mean one that'd be an. I don't think that I wouldn't try to solve every single problem. I'd try to solve one problem and see if that no. works, and then see if there's a second problem you can solve. Um, twice as easy, you know, as you go forward. And people may not see their, their uncertainty, or they may not see their asset as an opportunity to solve that uncertainty for someone as much as someone 
with that uncertainty if they knew what assets were available mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that could be an interesting that could be an interesting that could be an interesting thing yeah and, you know and the other thing is that there seems to be a crossover attitude that blocks people that blocks people from entering the collaborative world and it may be four or five attitudes but i think one of them is having your ideas stolen yes Mm-hmm. And if I put my idea out there, somebody's just going to steal it. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, I mean, first of all, <clears throat> you know, you'd have to do a little evidence gathering there. Where have you put an idea out and it got stolen? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's stolen. It's stolen. And actually, you know, actually, probably what you're afraid of is something happening to you like you've heard has happened to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything else. The other one is that there's, if everybody puts their a- assets, if everybody puts their assets out there, it's going to overwhelm me because I'm not going to be able to use all the assets and I'll feel like I, I failed because I didn't use all the assets. And swim in all the ocean. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. another mindset that prevents people from saying and And the other thing is, if I really zero in on one thing, then I'm missing all the others. Yeah. And, yeah. and what we have is we have enormously scarcity embedded attitudes. Yes. I mean, we're not far from a world of scarcity. I mean, I mean, <clears throat> did your parents live more in a world of scarcity than you do? Oh, I bet they did. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, mine, totally. My yeah. siblings today in 2021 live yeah. in a way more confining, limiting world of scarcity than I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enough. Yeah, you look at the. I'm thinking practical. I'm thinking about these um, things that you might not even know. It's almost like there needs to be. It's a skill in itself. I think is this matchmaking. You know, market making, the ability yeah. to spot connections, like connecting these yeah. things, almost like a producer would do. I guess you know. Yeah, I'm, the I, I think the big thing is is not so many so many so much capabilities as people. You know, my my mm-hmm. sense is that if I look at what really interests me throughout my entire life for seventy seven and a half years, for seventy seven and a half years, and I have to say the thing that's always been of interest to me is interesting people. Yes. Not interesting things, not interesting capabilities, not interesting anything else. Just yeah. interesting people. Just interesting people. Mm-hmm. And the best interesting people, also people who are looking for interesting people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. many times doing interesting things. <laughs> yep. That's the way. <laughs> yeah. And interesting people doing interesting things yeah. and 
and interested in what other interesting people, what interesting yeah. things other interesting people. So my sense is that where I find the technological world just a complete turnoff, they're all thing people. They're thing people. Yeah, they're all a lot of it. That's true. There's a lot of uninteresting people doing interesting things and making it seem uninteresting. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, you know, I was reading the Wall Street Journal, I read the complete Wall Street Journal article on the internal the, the internal survey that Facebook did. How a physical newspaper did? No, no. Online. Okay. Yeah, I was reading that online. But yeah. the the yeah, the the survey they they did and what's their other stream that they bought? Uh, what say, WhatsApp is Instagram. So anyway, they were the, apparently the Instagram just has very bad, according to their own surveys. I'm just mm-hmm. reading that they found out that, uh, that it has real negative impact young adolescent girls. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know, and they associate it with the anorexia and various other kinds of neurosis. Okay, and this is how they're feeling really badly. Okay, and so this whistleblower that just came forward revealed all this. You know that they they don't take seriously their own research, and they're not really committed to doing good in the world. You know everything that was the big news. So anyway, I said, well, you know, you've got a you got a real translation problem with Facebook. Okay. And because they're coming forward and you say, don't you realize how people are feeling badly and this is how they're feeling as a result of this? And they're trying to translate feeling, the experience of a feeling, to Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. Like he's responsible. And he goes to Wikipedia, feelings, and he says, Right. (laughs) Yeah. Senator, I'm not sure that's the word I would use for this. Right. Yeah. Sir, yeah, I'm going to have to go deeper with this concept of feelings. Okay, you know, uh, I've heard other people have them. I myself am not too familiar with this experience. <laughs> you know? yeah. And But the real thing about it is that the promise, of what I can see, the promise of the entire uh, Cloudlandia world is you can create your own universe. Yes. Complete. If you can be happy with it. Mm-hmm. And my problem is that the world of scarcity is that if you create your universe, you're going to have to defend your universe. You're going to want to expand your universe, and that's going to cause problems with other universes and everything like that. And my sense is that the moment you create something, if you're coming from the mainland, the moment that you create something in the mainland world, you just cause yourself a whole batch of problems. Because mm-hmm. other people are going to want it. Uh-huh. And other people are behind your back are going to say things about you because you built this and they don't have it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's an interesting thing how there is no, you know, it's unlimited kind of, I would call it land in Cloudlandia. It's unlimited. There's no, everybody can have the oceanfront property. 
There's no yeah. like there's no oceanfront property in Cloudlandia that's only the, the the best kind of thing. It's what you make of it, right? Mm-hmm. You make the equivalent of the oceanfront property. But everybody can yeah. do that. Wasn't an advantage that you got there. But I guess, you know, staking out the claim, what you're uh, getting is those attention um, units. I've reread for the second time now the attention uh, book, your attention, my attention, my property. And I was watching on YouTube yesterday a thing about life before the iPhone. Like how, uh, if you think about 2007 was when that all happened. Mm-hmm. And you think about all of the things, if we just like stick a pin right in that time frame, the main things that we all, you know, live on kind of thing app wise, none of these things are even possible without that, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. there was no, no Uber, no Facebook, no, I mean, Facebook, the mobile, everything there, Instagram, all of it. Uber eats all, no virtual dining concepts without the app and all of those capabilities there. No streaming services like that, you know, allow independent artists to have the same mm-hmm. playing field. Like the whole world has really changed in this 13, 14 years. But it was, you know, I, I look back, I was reading some of my old journals back then. And I could tell literally like in that time, there's, I'm, my attention is I'm really making conscious moves to guard my attention. Now, like you realize that phone is really like on average, I read that average Gen Z or whatever the younger um, kids, their average is seven and a half hours a day on their iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred and something unlocks of their phone, meaning those bursts of constant checking for attention, like the mice trying to push that button to get the uh, the food. You know. Or the cheese. The, yeah, the cheese. The dopamine is, but the dopamine is the thing is that we're yeah that we're yeah. addicted to. And I really, yeah. I mean, man, I am, I'm just checking that in myself of how much <clears throat> dopamine I, I require. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's really interesting. The, you know, I mean, the word purpose pops up here. And so my experience, I mean, first of all, if someone asked me about Facebook and I said, are you asking me, first of all, what my general sense is of how I feel Facebook is operating in the world. And I said, well, I could get to you, but it's, it's, it's based on reading reports of that. It's not, it's not a personal experience I have because I don't have a personal experience of using Facebook in the world. I, I'm, I, I absolutely won't know. I, I, if you say, you know, in the next hour, you have to make five Facebook. Calls. Yeah, I said the hour's already up because I'm probably going to say how, how, how I would do that. <laughs> right, you know, right. I, I don't know the protocol. I don't know where to go to click. Yeah. On. 
anything like that. And but I said, if you ask me what my team tells mm-hmm. me about the advertising impact of Facebook, that when we <clears throat> properly set up a you know a promotional program marketing they rave yeah. they think uh, oh, yeah. facebook is, is is great and yeah. so my sense is like anything else in life your experience of something is probably going to be unsatisfactory it's going to be negative if you don't have a purpose for it it's purpose that gives meaning to our experiences mm-hmm. okay so the only so i said to our team i said like you know, we invested dollar in Facebook. What's the return? And they said, you, you won't believe it, but it's five at the least, five dollars at the least. Mm-hmm. I said five to one. I said, you know, you said budget approved. <laughs> you know, and every every you know, and you know, and I've heard at you know Genius Network some marketers talk about ten to one where they're getting mm-hmm. ten to one and everything like that. So my sense is continue using Facebook for advertising because that's a really good return on dollars. That's that's great reach. You know, yes, that's great that's reach. Right. That's great. That's great capability. That's great yes. capability, and that's great reach. And yes. but to design my lifestyle around seven and a half hours of my day being involved in Facebook interchanges. No, I have no purpose for that whatsoever. Yeah, the practicalities for you of a you know you have an iPhone. I know you have one. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I'm used. I'm, I'm right now, but right know, now, this, uh, your your our relationship is the heavy user here. I know that's what I think. I have that. Like that is like I, I hear mean, that I mean, with a little. I, I mean, you're like the hundred to one. You <laughs> <laughs> got the Dean phone. That's really what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yesterday, yeah. I, I I was going through and it was you know voicemails that had been left to me, and mm-hmm. there, I hadn't checked and there were fifty three voicemails and and I didn't look. I just went cancel cancel fifty three <laughs> fifty three of them and and I felt good afterwards. You know, I said yes. I, I've created some space here. <laughs> yes. Anyway, right, exactly. and and I did it once. I was in the cafe. I said, "I'm just getting ready to call my voicemails." And they said, "Did you listen to them?" And I said, "Don't have to." Uh, I said, "Anybody who phones me and leaves a voicemail, yeah, I don't want to know them." Right. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. And I said, "Anybody, if I hear the phone, I just check the number. It's Babs or." Babs is identified. My the guy who cuts my hair is identified, and my limousine service uh-huh. identified. Nobody else has my cell phone number. Right. I, I have it, but you I have, don't ever call have, it. Yeah, I, but, but I but never call big, it. Yeah, yeah, you're the big user. You're the big user. But the so do you carry it around all the time? Yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. since I got my happy, since I got the you know Scott yeah. Donald's yeah. happy thing because it's triggered by the you know it's triggered by the iPhone. So yeah, it's charged up all the time. <laughs> the happiest result of happy has been that I keep it charged up all the time. Okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and so you don't. And he's don't done something. I don't know if you know about this, but he's taken his basic signals there's like eight signals that you originally got over the last yeah. two years 
And now they've created blends, and the blends are geared geared to daily experiences, like they have one for a pleasant commuting. So you're commuting, and you can put this on, and it's made up of a mixture of signals. And another one is, you know, straining your muscles, okay? So what they've done is that they've actually gone through people's days and identified it looks to me like about 24. There's like 24 different experiences. Yeah. And there's like there's one uh, that's called winding down. Okay. And I put it on for a half hour. So it's an hour before I go to bed. And starting an hour before, I put it on winding down. And I can feel myself winding down. And then there's another one called bedtime. And bedtime means you're getting ready for bed. So I switch to bedtime and a very different feeling. And I can feel that. And then there's one called deep sleep. And uh-huh. deep sleep, you know, just. But you wear it. And the blends too? right now are maximum an hour each, which is, works great for the bedtime is one of the original, or deep sleep is one of the original signals. And that goes for eight hours. So you just hit eight hours. and. Yeah. Do you wear it to sleep? Make sure. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, you do? Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can put it under wow. your pillow. Actually, actually, you can just put it under your pillow. And you under your pillow. pillow. Okay. Yeah, you get a pillow, um, pillow on deck. That's amazing. Yeah. I think I really love it. Uh, I really love it. And, uh, <clears throat> and I'm scheduled uh, to get a sleep study coming up. Oh, um, good. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, CPAP is really terrific. I got I got a CPAP as a result of my uh, CPAP machine. I got that twelve in February. It'll be twelve years, and I've missed five nights in twelve years. Wow! Yeah. Wow, that's something. Uh, and I love it. I love it. I love really? It. Yeah. Yeah. And you notice the yeah. difference right away. Yeah. First of all, breathing requires no activity on your part whatsoever. So right off the bat, you're you're breathing. The machine forces the breathing. Okay. The, mm-hmm. It just you know it just drives a air current through into your nose. It goes in, and your body mm-hmm. responds to that incoming current. Mm-hmm. And we don't breathe because we need oxygen. We breathe because we need to get rid of carbon dioxide. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it just keeps going. But apnea, which means that you're suddenly waking up, what's yeah. happened is there's a little flap in your at the top of your windpipe, right up near the back of your nose that closes, uh-huh. and the CO2 can't come out. And your body goes on high alert, and the body says, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I gotta get. And then you wake up, and then it releases. But when I was tested, I was waking up 18 times every two hours. Wow. Yeah, and they funny? said, and they said the doctor who did it said you have borderline apnea. I said borderline at eighteen. He says, "Yep." And he says, "What's full on apnea?" He says, "Pro football players probably go back to sleep and wake themselves up every ninety seconds." Yeah. Wow. And he said they actually use more energy while they're asleep than they do when they're not playing football or anything, but just when they're awake and going to wake. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And your heart is constantly being asked to jump, not jump. He says, 
does an enormous strain on your heart. Right. Yeah. So I did it, and after the first three months, I had reduced it from 18 times in two hours to two times in wow. two hours. And now I'm down to less than half a time. Wow. And you that's. Know, Luba got a aura ring. Mm-hmm. Like I have, so it tracks your sleep and stuff. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. she's constantly in the 90s, like. 98, 97, 99. She got 99 with a crown one night, and the, the thing said, your traction movement, and it said, no detectable movement. Like, it was just the perfect, like, mm-hmm. sleep on, a, you know, angel clouds or something. It's just gets in bed, falls asleep, and doesn't move, and gets the full night uh, sleep. But she also mm-hmm. walked 26,000 steps that day. And on most days, mm-hmm. there, you know, many thousands of steps. So yep. it all yep. correlates, I think. Yeah, good sleep and lots of walking are really good for the, good for our overall well-being. Amen. Yeah. What's it? Yeah, so I mean, you are... Red you're up... Yeah, you're up at we're the up, cottage. And yeah, we're up for it's Thanksgiving dinner, weekend. Uh, with the with the Waller family tonight at Shannon's house. And right. they they're the one you know, they're the family that introduced us to cottage country. The cottage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I never you know, I mean I knew about it and it's vast and endless and everything else there, but um Real estate's really gone through the roof up here, I'll tell you. It's yeah. amazing. We bought an extra cottage last year. This was February, a month before COVID. And the we had bought from the same realtor. We had a, an original cabin that was not a cottage. So cottage for us is has four seasons. It's insulated and it's got heating and everything. A cabin right, yeah. is just a seasonal. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a nice hut, basically. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. once it gets cold, you can't be there. So we did that. We fixed it all up and sold it for twice what it was worth in six years. And we bought a, <clears throat> a really nice, intact, recently built log cabin, which we gutted and took little rooms and made them into big, bigger rooms. And then we extended out the size we put a breezeway in and then we put a whole bedroom wardrobe bathroom unit for us and then the inside we painted pure white everything is white so he used right. 280 I love gallons that. Of paint 280 gallons of white paint. oh my goodness that the log just sucked it in you know it just sucked it yeah in. right and the outside is black and it has a green one of those metal roofs um, right right metal roof. Now we just put a veranda on. But, you know, you love having guests if they're not living with you. Yes. So we said, you know, if one of the cottages next to us ever comes up, we're going to snap it up. And the realtor phoned us February of last year, and he said, I'm calling you first because the word is out that if you ever wanted anything, and the people next door have put it up. And and it's not on the market yet. It's going to go on the market. I wanted to phone you before I put it on the market. Mm-hmm. And uh, and <clears throat> Babs and I looked at each other and we said, yes, we'll take it. 
And it's a teardown. We knew it was a teardown, so you don't have to go look at it. We know. So we got it, and, you know, for a price. And exactly one year later, it was 60% more that it went on the market. Wow. 60% more. And everybody's moving up here. Everybody's moving up here. Wow, that's amazing. So did you keep it? Oh, the the other one. Hmm? Did you keep it, the cottage, or you put it? Oh yeah, no, we're we're going to tear it down next year. Yeah, we're getting plans and everything. It's a couple of year right. project, and uh, right, and yeah. but it came with two and a half acres, which is great. Right. Another hundred and hundred, another hundred and fifty feet of shorelines. So we have about oh wow, three hundred. Oh. We have about three hundred feet of shoreline now, which is really great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and I know you love to integrate. This is I, love, I know. Yeah. You love cottage country is about as close that Canadians get to religion. Yeah. I think it's true. Yeah. I mean, you talk about cottage country, and a lot of them go back to camps. You know, they were camps. Yeah. When they were a kid, they went to camps. And there's this deep connection with nature that Canadians have. And they they more or less all have it in the same way, you know, because it's, you know, whether it's in Quebec or Ontario or Manitoba. You know, it's cottage country. They have these big yeah. lakes and everything. Yeah. So it's it's really nice. It's beautiful up here. This is the big, this is the best color weekend. So everything. Oh, this is it. That's red, right. you know. Yeah. So that's really great. Anyway, one thing I was thinking for VCR, this is a connector for next time, that it would be useful to do a VCR history. Okay. okay. That like we do, you know, we have, you know, like when were you when you were 10 time, one tenth of where you are right now mm-hmm. and what did things look like and what did things look like now? But go back 25 years for entrepreneurs and say, describe what your vision was 25 years ago. Describe what your capabilities were. Describe what your reach was. And it was by taking advantage of that vision, that capability, and that reach that you are where you are today. Mm-hmm. So what's That's that tell true. you? So what's that tell you? What are the lessons? Yeah. What are the three biggest lessons that you I like learned? That. So if that worked with minimal consciousness over the last 25 years, now with full consciousness, what do you think can happen over the next 25 years? I think that'd be an interesting thought process. That's pretty, that's pretty great. Yeah. I like that a lot. Because now all you've yours. got a vocabulary for them. Yeah, all yours. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, Dan. Bye. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.